It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Games really complement each other. You have one guy that's, uh, you know, really can score in a lot of different ways. Another guy who's setting great screens or handoffs. Um, and then if the ball gets back to him, he can get a bunch of people involved. Certainly at, at, at the beginning of the game, that, that kind of set the tone. But then from there, we lost a lot of physical 50-50 or ball in the air, ball on the floor battles throughout the course of the game. At key moments, when, when the moments could have been swing moments, they were coming up with those plays. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you to preview game four of the NBA Finals. And earlier we heard from Heat head coach uh, Eric Spolstra explaining why Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray were able to go off for their 30-point triple-doubles and really how the role players were also important for the Nuggets in terms of winning those uh, 50-50 balls, hustling a little bit more, all of those things that Michael Malone was complaining about after game two it looked like the Nuggets uh, took that to heart and that maybe they were playing just a little bit harder, especially defensively around the perimeter. And we, we saw the end result, the Nuggets uh, winning that game comfortably. And when you look at the updated series price for the finals, Denver is minus 800 to win the NBA championship. Miami is plus 550. And while I get that Denver does have a two games to one series lead and just came off of winning one on the road, uh, rather uh, impressively to me this series price suggests joe that miami cannot have another three-point shooting night or that eric spolstra is very much out of ideas and i'm not sure i agree with either of those points it's entirely possible that miami could just go off again from beyond the arc whether it's duncan robinson or max Struess, who was very quiet in game three it's entirely possible that one, two, three of these Miami role players could go off and make a game out of it. And it's also entirely possible that Coach Spo will come up with something else random involving Kevin Love or Cody Zeller, or may, it may not matter who it is. It's just somebody is going to step up and do something super impressive. And I think that should not be lost on us as far as how we should handicap the rest of the series, because it certainly seems like that the market believes the Nuggets will win this thing in five. A lot of the pundits mm-hmm. are already coming out and saying that this series is over, but I think there are enough things that Miami can do to make this a six, perhaps even a seven game series. Do you agree or disagree with that, Joe? Uh, I agree with everything you said there. And I still like Denver and six uh, moving to Miami. I, I felt that they would split and, Probably we got a couple of days to talk about this next game. 
Here, okay, I'll play devil's advocate for a minute, and here's a few things that sure. do scare me, even though I, I would look to the Miami side. If you're going to back Miami, I'm worried about the short turnaround. I feel that's more of an advantage for Denver, even though they're, they're on the road. A couple other things. We talked uh, at the start of the show how impressive we not, the two superstars were, and they only made five threes in the game. So Denver's going to make more threes than that in this next game. And the Miami offense only had four turnovers last night. That is their lowest total of the entire season. That is the fewest amount of turnovers any team has had against the Nuggets all season long. So that's going to adjust a little bit. But I do agree with your premise that there is a move here. There, there is going to be an adjustment period uh, like we always see with Spolstra. And do we believe that both games at home, Vincent's going to give you nothing. Struce is going to give you nothing. Duncan Robinson, he, he didn't play a ton throughout. He made a couple shots at the very end. So, oh, oh, he made three threes. And eh, not really. I mean, he, he did in the box score, but he was no impact in this game. Same thing for Kevin Love, who barely played. Those are the guys that I, you would think a couple of them are going to come through and have good performances. And it is must win because <laughs> you go down 3-1 to Jokic, it's over, man. It, like you said, it's only a matter of when it happens, not if it's going to happen. But, yeah, no, I agree. There's a move here. Now, I can't make an argument to back Miami for the series, but it still could. It does, this does not mean we always overreact. We've been overreacting for weeks. It's weeks. It's the NBA playoffs. After every win, people just go to the extreme. Like it's over. It is two one, people. It is a two game, two games to one series. Somebody had to win last night, Aaron. Yeah, and the Heat are at home too. I, I find it interesting. The spread is at three. Nuggets lost by three in game two. Um, some places at three and a half. I wonder, you know, if this will move as we get closer to game four. I'm probably going to stay away from the spread. I don't know. I don't have a strong feeling. I, I, I just think the Nuggets are the better team and that th that game two loss really motivated them. Now, I don't know in terms of the spread. I mean, I could see this being a close game because the Heat do have their backs up against the wall, but I'm with you, Joe, in terms of thinking that the Nuggets go ahead and win this series. But I think I need a little more time before I just – make a decision and bet Nuggets minus three or Heat plus three uh, and a half. I, I, I'm not going to bet the spread, but I'll tell you right now, I don't see this changing. I'm going to bet Heat plus 140 tomorrow. That's how I feel. Mm, On the money. Like there you it. go. Yeah. There you like go. <laughs> so here's something to, to keep in mind as far as Miami's playoff run. First of all, I've said this enough times to, to both of you guys that playoff games are likelier to be blowouts than games in the regular season. So it's important to keep that in mind so that you do not overreact to a game where it looks like that one absolutely dominated the other. The other thing, too, is when you look at Miami's playoff run, in the first series, they lost a game by 16. In the second series, they were pretty much in every contest, and they only uh, lost one by nine. But in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics, Miami lost one game by 17 and another game by 13. Again, they won all of these series, but there were performances where they looked like they were outmatched. And that's what we saw in game three, a team that looked smaller, 
did not have the length, maybe didn't have the energy and stamina to compete with the Nuggets on the floor. That is what we Mm -hmm. saw. But there have been other instances where the Heat have looked like that, and they wound up winning that series. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying they're going to win the finals, but this is an important lesson in making sure you do not overreact to one game. Yep. Uh, We talked about the positive side with Denver, Denver's points in the paint outscoring Miami by 26 points last night, 60 to 34. Okay. Um, the, the Miami side is also important. Are they going to be that bad in the paint? Bam, five for 16. Butler, six for 16. They shot 37% in the paint. That is seventh worst of any team in the paint this season. So there's something I would point to, and I would say I don't, I don't think that's going to happen again, even though Denver does have the size advantage everywhere. We talked a lot about that coming into the series. I, with all that said, I, I, is that really going to happen again? I, I'm not buying into that. Do you, so do we think, going back to Jimmy Butler, do we think he's just banged up? Is he just tired? Uh, what's your assessment of what's going on with him? I know we've seen him limping. Yeah, all of the above. What do you think, Ed? I, I mean, he didn't look right earlier in the playoffs. I mean, this mm-hmm. this is something that I think is probably just wearing down over time. I mean, the playoffs are hard, and he played a really grueling seven game. This is one of the reasons why, even though history doesn't have an obvious trend here, I think especially when it comes to the last few years where you don't have that one dominant team or you have a lot of really good teams sort of evenly matched, and it's a matter of coaching and play design and all that stuff, I think that you want to get to the finals in as few games as possible. And anytime you have an extended series, I think that puts you at a great disadvantage, not necessarily in the first contest after that grueling series, but over time where if you aren't 100% to begin with, then you're naturally going to wear down. And Miami asked a lot out of Jimmy Butler in game three. This really was supposed to be his contest. And that's not really what happened. I I think he was trying to be a distributor as well, uh, not necessarily putting himself in harm's way a lot. And in a situation like that, where you're not 100% to begin with, then one of your skill sets, an important skill set for Butler, is taken away from you. And if you're not 100% to begin with, then that is a real problem. Now, you know, specifically what's wrong with him, I I don't know. I I couldn't really say. But he's just wearing down. And I think that's, that's okay to say. Yeah, well, what got me thinking about this was watching the game last night. Bam has had a really good finals. I don't know. I think it's 22 to 1 for finals MVP. But if the Heat win it, wouldn't Bam be the best player on the Heat right now? Hmm. I think there's a difference between (laughs) is he the best player and is he going to win the award? Because I think those are two different questions uh, when you're dealing with, say, MVP and and voting awards and things like that. So let's just say the Heat win the NBA Finals. Who's winning MVP? Is it Jimmy Butler? Butler? Because I don't think he's been the best player in this series for the Heat. I'm not sure he has either. I I think we're on the same page there. But, I mean, what happened with the, the Eastern Conference Finals MVP vote? I don't know if Jimmy Butler was the best player in that series. True. Caleb Martin. wound up winning it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Caleb Martin was, but it didn't matter because 
Butler perhaps had the better highlight reel. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's entirely possible that we could have a similar controversy here because Jokic is a dominant favorite to win finals MVP. Wow. And yeah, he's been really, really good. But let's say, let's say the Nuggets do win in five. And let's say Jamal Murray has a 40-point outing. Does he win MVP? I'm not sure nope. he does, even in that situation, nope. Joe. <laughs> no, he does not. He does not. Look at the odds right now. Butler's plus 700. And Bam, after a great start to the series, is plus 1,800. Butler, uh, unless you are telling me Bam outscores Butler, then, I, then I'd say, okay, maybe some voters would, would think more about that. But Butler can't. The conversation piece coming into the series was, if Miami wins, Butler's the MVP, no doubt about it. And whether we like it or not, this is supposed to be, but the finals MVP, if we're playing this out, voters are going to think about, this is Jimmy's team. They're going to think about some of those performances earlier on in the series. They're going to give Jimmy Butler the vote because they they think it's his team. And, you know, in recent years, we've talked about Bam's inconsistency in the playoffs. That has not been the case here, but that could be held against them against him in voters minds yeah no i totally get it it's just something that crossed my mind i'm like gosh you could definitely make the case for bam which i never (laughs) thought i would say because the guy was getting dragged up until the finals and now he's really stepped up and been the most effective player on this heat team and consistent but yeah i mean Mm -hmm. you've got the name recognition even though i mean he's jimmy butler scored 28 compared to bam's 22 um but i think the case is there for bam Another series honor I want to talk about here, most assists in the NBA Finals. Nikola Jokic is the odds-on favorite at minus 375 right now. Jamal Murray is at plus 240. If you look at number of of assists in the Finals so far through three games, Murray is leading 30-28 to over Jokic, and then Butler has 20, Struess has 14, and I wouldn't worry about anybody else. Even though Jokic is the favorite and a, and a sizable favorite, Murray does have more assists. And it does feel like that we always talk up the Jokic triple-double frequently, but we're not <laughs> talking about Murray's assist numbers very much. Now, granted, he doesn't have the history for it. Like I said before, the last time Murray had a double-digit assist game prior to the finals was back in March against the Pistons. So, yes... Jokic should be the favorite here, even though he's trailing by two assists. But do you guys perhaps see value in betting on Murray to win this at plus 240? Ooh, man, it's difficult. Uh, yeah, yeah. At plus 240 with a two-assist lead? Yes. Does – okay, so we've talked a lot about the three-point made and some of the longer shots on the, on the Heat side that it would need to be a longer series. Does that matter in this situation? Does it need to be a shorter series for Murray to win? That's what I'm thinking. Like, this is one of those ways where if you think this will be a five-game series, what is a creative way to back that approach? And this may be one of them because, look, I, I do think that Miami will probably go back to the idea. And, again, I'm oversimplifying. But I do think there is that approach of, okay, let's let's limit Jokic's assists that's going to be much harder to do with Murray because then Jokic can do literally whatever he wants so there is a path if this is just a five-game series where Murray continues to have his assists and Jokic doesn't Aaron 
I also think there's another way to just to bet it. Like double doubles for Murray have been profitable. I I mean, mm-hmm. a triple double is tough, but it's 20 to one for the next game for him to get. I mean, I think there's other ways to find value with Murray without being invested yeah. in the assist leader. By the way, 30 to one last night for triple double for Murray. And there's a lot of interesting ones like the rebound between Jokic and Bam. The three pointers made, it's wide open. There's 10, there's eight, there's six. Uh, we, we should definitely get to this before tomorrow's game. Yeah, for sure. Because, again, creative ways to bet how you think this series will turn out. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we go off the board and pry into the personal life of Aaron Hawksworth right here on the BetQL Network. Woohoo! We'll be right back. 